You're about to listen to a true story told live because this is True Stories Live. Brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. Please give a really warm welcome to Leah Spencer. Thank you. Um, When you get to a certain age, you find it quite hard to remember what you did yesterday, and certainly what you did last week. But some key dates in your life stand out, and one of those is the 30th of July, 1966, which will mean something to some of the audience, but probably not a lot to quite a few of you. This was the day when England played Germany in the World Cup. You're preempting the end of this. Um, Yes, it was a very exciting day all over England um, and in Wales, where I lived. uh, There were people huddled around their small television screens, black and white telly, and you were there keeping your fingers crossed Even if you didn't really like football, you wanted England to win, especially, I'm afraid, in the 60s against Germany. So picture the scene. We're in the the lounge of my house. Now, that sounds quite pretentious, but it shows that my parents were actually aspirational working class. They'd moved from a council house to an inherited house, so we didn't have a front room. We had a lounge. Over by the window sat my dad, Tom, smoking his pipe. Miracle he was there because actually he worked shifts, so he wasn't often home at the weekend. Even at Christmas, he, was, he worked all around the year. My mum was sitting in the other armchair knitting because my mother always knitted and she didn't like football. I was the oldest child... Uh, I was 19 and a half, um, back from first year at teacher training college. Then there was Nora, Tessa, and the youngest, Morris, who was an Everton fan. He still is. I feel sorry for him. Um, But there were two other people in this room, and one was called Wolfgang Laudy, and the other was called Irena Hauschult. Now, it was very unusual to have um, foreigners in your house, and to have two Germans in your house on World Cup Day was very unusual. Um, We didn't let their presence uh, affect our response to the outcome of that match. We perhaps should have been a bit more apologetic, I don't know. Anyway, how did we come to have them in our house? And that's really the story. Uh, And we're going to go back... That was July. If you go back to about April, there was a a ring on our doorbell. I was in Liverpool having the time of my life, and I don't know which sibling opened it, but there was a woman who nobody had seen before. Her name was Elizabeth Loudy, and she wanted to see my mum. Mum asked her in. She'd come to thank my mum. And that's the next bit of the story. Why she was in Wales in this small town called Hollywell on that day was because her son Wolfgang had got a scholarship to study in Wales for a year. 
and she'd come to visit him and she thought, while I'm in this country, I must go and find Eileen Cartman and thank her. And she did. Uh, she, had to, she went to at least one address in the town and eventually found our house um, and found my mum. The next bit of the story, we've got to jump right back to 19, the 1940s. Now, um, Elizabeth came from Hamburg in Germany, and Hamburg was very badly bombed by the British and the Americans during the war. It was a port, it had access to the North Sea, it had U-boat stations there, it had loads of oil refineries. It had been uh, firebombed, it, it was in ruins by the end of the war. Now, okay, so how did they meet? Well, this was their first meeting in 1966. But in 1945, my mum and her mum spent a lot of time knitting baby clothes. My mum was pregnant. She'd, she'd started the war in school as a schoolgirl. She'd, she'd been evacuated. She start, left school and started to work. She met my dad. She got married. And now, in the space of four or five years, here she was expecting her first baby. She knitted all these matinee coats, two-ply wool, three-ply wool, the pair of them knitting and excited. The baby was due in May. On the 19th of March, she went into labor and she had this premature baby boy, John, who was very weak and poorly, obviously born at home. It was the war. You didn't have babies in hospital. Um, and he, he didn't, he didn't uh, thrive, even though his granddad nursed him, uh, this uh, sort of man who worked in the shipyard at Camel Laird's nursed this baby, did his best. My mum, everybody did their best. But John was taken to hospital. And a week later, a girl who worked in the office at the local bus station had a phone call. And she ran from the bus station down Proctor Street, down Delta Road, to tell the family that this baby John had died. This is the time before mobile phones, before people had phones. Ordinary people didn't have phones at home. So it was, a, it, was a, it must have been terrible. I, I mean, just an awful experience. Anyway, my mum sort of got over it, but she kept the baby clothes. Obviously, you didn't throw anything like that away, and she did hope she'd need them again. But one day, she opened a paper. I always thought it must be the Liverpool Echo. Um, this now, we've gone from 45 when John was born to the actual end of the war that summer, and she gets this paper. I think it was the Catholic Herald, because there was an appeal in this paper for baby clothes, for people in Hamburg who had nothing. And my mum, despite having lost her education, her, house, her home had actually been bombed out at one point. She had this awful experience having a baby who died. What did my mum do? My mum looked at the baby clothes and thought, somebody needs them more than I do. So most of those clothes got wrapped up. Obviously, her name got put in and address. 
And they got sent off. And they actually went to Hamburg, went to Elizabeth, were put on her baby, Reinhardt, and later handed down to Wolfgang, who was sitting watching the World Cup with us. So it's a long way round, but what that story told me and tells me now, and always will tell me, is that kindness is amazing. You know, people had lost so much themselves, but to be able to give what you've got to somebody else is how she brought us up, and we all loved and respected her enormously. So at the end of that match, I'm afraid, um, we had two disgruntled Germans, four happy Welsh people, a dog who was probably going mad, and that is, well, shall we say, um, what is the famous line that has come down over the years, even if you weren't around in 1966? They think it's all, they think the story is all over. It is now. <laughs> True Stories Live is a story show and story finding project brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. For more information about all of the work that we do, head to our website truestorieslive.co.uk.